Good morning. I'm going to make a confession to you because it's always good for priests to make confessions. I started working on a sermon somewhere over the course of last week. Maybe it was closer to Friday, but it was over the course of last week. And I worked on that sermon and then I reworked it yesterday and stayed up super late. That's why there are bags under my eyes. And, and I still wasn't really happy with it. And I got up at six o'clock this morning and worked on it again. And I said, you know what? Forget it. We're throwing this one out. This is the day in which we remember the Lord's baptism, and in the midst of that baptism, the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus, so I'm trusting the Holy Spirit is going to descend upon me right now, and I'm going to preach to you from down here on the floor, and I think it's far better than that that I wrote. I'll hold on to it. Who knows? Maybe it'll come back to me, and I'll, I'll bring it back up in three years, but this is a very important day as I spoke to the children, and I think there's ways we can use it without having to go through all the pages I worked on over the course of the last couple of days. Because I think that because we moved baptisms from last week, how many of you were here for the baptisms last week? So a lot of you were here for that. Normally on this day, the baptism of our Lord, this is the day when we have baptisms. And we do that to commemorate our Lord's baptism. This is the right day to do that. But as I mentioned last week, we had a wonderful family who are from uh, England, from the UK, and their family was in town and they asked me, can we possibly move it so my mother and father from England can be here for the baptism? And we did that and it was a great gift because we were able to connect three baptisms to the three kings. It all was perfect and the Holy Spirit was present and all was good. So as we come to this day, I had to think, how do we, we, we make some use of this day for all of the adults that are here? And it, it, it made me realize that all of us need to be constantly reminded of the importance of baptism for us as adults and people living out our faith. Because often I think in the Episcopal Church and probably in the Catholic Church and the Lutherans and the Orthodox traditions, we tend to develop this idea that baptism is about infants and babies because that's what we do most of the time in our tradition. I told the folks this morning that I think maybe I could count on one hand how many adults I've baptized over the last 12, 13 years, and I've yet to get to dunk anybody, which I'm really looking forward to eventually, but that's not happened yet. Because most of the time, it is when children are born, we bring them forward to be baptized, to bring them into the church. And often, we get that old medieval word for baptism that really isn't exactly what we're doing now. Most of us clergy dislike hearing baptism referred to as christening. Uh, the idea of christening, which sometimes shows up on invites for, from families for baptisms, is a word that is really discussing naming a child. And it fits perfectly with infant baptism because usually when a child was born, the child would be brought to the church pretty early in their life and the, the parents would give the child a Christian name. Any of you raised in the Roman Catholic Church have a, a different name that was given to you possibly? That would be your Christian name. So once the Reformation happened, we decided that your name, your first and middle name are your Christian name. So in our tradition now, I still ask families to name this child. If you were here this past Sunday, you heard me say to the families, name this child. That is the act of giving the child a Christian name. But that's not exactly the main thing we're doing in baptisms. When we decided to take baptisms out of the private section of the church and move the font to the center and restore baptism to be a Sunday service, 
It was to show all of us that baptism is not just children entering the church, it's all of us walking through the waters of baptism and coming into a place of faith. So the idea of christening is part of it, but it's not even really, what I say is not even in the prayer book anymore, this sense of naming a child because we want to stress that baptism is about more than just that. It's about bringing that child fully into the house of God. So often, some of you may not know this, but all the families that have had baptisms know that I like to take my pinky finger and dip it in the wine and put the wine on the child's lips when they come around right after their baptism. That's not because I'm crazy and think children should be drinking the wine. But it's simply to show you that in our tradition, we don't wait for children to get old enough to understand Holy Communion. We believe that when they've been baptized, they are full members, and therefore they have every right of all of us to receive the sacraments of God, and it's one symbolic way. Then I tell the parents, you decide when you want the child to dip the, the, the wafer in the wine or what you want to do, but in that moment, it's a symbol of all of them being made full members. And it's there to remind us that all of us are equal, that there is nothing that separates us from the love of God once we've entered into the church. But what is important for all of us to understand as adults is that baptism isn't just a symbol of washing away sins and being initiated into the church. That wonderful story we heard from the Matthews from Matthew's gospel just a second ago carries with it all in one little short story all of the components that make Jesus and his baptism so important. Yes, Jesus begins with holy baptism. He comes into the waters of the Jordan not because he needs to wash his sins away because Jesus is the Son of God, because, but he wants to open the door for all the people to find a way to enter into God's presence, to come into God's kingdom. Remember, John the Baptist said, repent, for the kingdom has come near. And when Jesus appears to be baptized, he is the kingdom who's come forward and he's showing all of the people of God how to enter into that kingdom by repenting of sin and then beginning their growth. But one of the wonderful ways that the church sort of took baptism to the next level is that they connected it to something that actually happened in the Old Testament. And if you ever go to the Holy Land and they take you around and show you some of the places where early Christians lived, you might see symbols on the wall or on the sarcophagi or on the crypts where the Christians were buried of Jonah in the belly of the whale. And that image would have been important for Christians who were coming in through baptism because, remember, Jews would go through baptism through a mikvah bath that would be set up, they'd enter into it, they'd have a cleansing before they could go into the holy temple. But John goes out to the desert. He takes the people to the river, and that's running water. The Jordan River can get quite wide in places as it moves down through the valley on that lowest place in the world. And so the river is closer to the sea and to the uh, natural lakes that would have been there that would have been very frightening for people to enter into. It would have been a sign of something you could not see. And all of us know that if we go into a dark place and all the lights go off, it can be frightening. For the people of the ancient times, they didn't go swimming a whole lot because to enter into those waters was to enter into darkness. And it was a symbol of going somewhere that was as close to death as possible. So when Jesus enters in, the folks of the early church got that connection to the story of Jonah. Because remember, Jonah is called by God to go on a mission. And Jonah doesn't want to follow that mission. And so Jonah runs away from God. 
His final piece to get away from God is to get on a boat and to go out on the sea and to get away as far as he can from the country where God wants him to be. And so God causes a great storm to come up and the people that are on the boat get frightened. And so Jonah finally decides to let himself be cast off into the sea. And now we know what happens next, right? Jonah is swallowed in the belly of the whale. But I can tell you this, when the folks on that boat saw Jonah swallowed by that fish, they would have never thought that he was Pinocchio going in and lighting a candle inside the belly of the whale. They would have thought, he's gone. My father watches way too many episodes of Duck Dynasty. So every time something happens, he always says, he gone. So I can pretty much tell you that when Jonah went off that boat, he gone. He's done. There's no more coming back for Jonah. But we know what happens in the story of Jonah, don't we? The fish goes to the shore and spits Jonah out. And Jonah emerges alive out of that fish. And he goes off to finally follow what God's asked him to do. And God delivers peace to Nineveh through Jonah, who he's called. Now, when those first Jewish people were gathered around the river and they saw Jesus go into the water, yes, they would have thought he's being cleansed and he's coming out to do his ministry. But after time went by and they knew the story of Jesus' death on the cross and they heard about Jesus three days later coming out of that tomb and being present with all of his followers, eating with them and sharing God's story with them and, and showing them that death can be overcome through God, they would have made the connection to Jonah. They would have understood that Jesus was an embodiment of this story of Jonah, but he would have taken things to the next level. So they would have understood that, yes, there is a cleansing of sin, but there's only one person who can take all the sins away, and that is God who acts through Jesus Christ, who eliminates the sins and gives us hope against that which is the greatest fear we have as human beings, and that is death. Entering into the waters of baptism, is a, is a symbol of dying, dying with Christ so we can be raised with him. None of us clergy want to tell young families that baptism is a symbol of that child going down into the waters into the place of death. And of course, when you have a teeny tiny little font like this, you don't have to worry about it. You can't get them all the way in here if you wanted to. But the image is still there. The water that's poured over them is a symbol of them entering into that water being taken down into a place of death, which all of us face. But when the child comes up out of the water, when the water is wiped away, when Mother Lisa lights the candles and hands the light to the godparents and to the families, it's a symbol that even in the face of death through Jesus Christ, we have the promise of life. So in this wonderful story of Jesus and his baptism, we have all of our promises of Christianity wrapped up in one spot. Yes, we must enter, we must repent of our sins, we must be changed, we must be transformed by our faith. And if we are transformed, just as Jesus goes down into hell and into death, Jesus will pull us back out and save all of us. The promise of resurrection is it is the beginning of a long walk of following Jesus with the hope and promise that no matter what we face, no matter how frightening and violent this world becomes, no matter how much the church seems to be crumbling and falling away, we will be saved by Jesus Christ. When Jesus meets Nicodemus, who comes to visit him in the darkness of night, Jesus says, those who are entering the kingdom must be born again. And when Nicodemus says, 
I'm a little too old to be born again. How is this to happen? Jesus says, very, very, verily, verily, I tell you, you must be born of water in the Spirit. This is the symbol of water in the Spirit. And it is your promise to enter into the kingdom of God with the promise of salvation and of life that is eternal. May this day be the day that reminds you of your baptism. Touch this water. If you're like me, baptizing the Baptist church, sprinkle a whole lot on you. <laughs> Remember that you've entered into the church. You're part of the family of God. And the promises of Christ's resurrection are with you always. Amen.